the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We could have had co-winners, but we don't bend the rules around here, and that would be the lazy way out. Anyway, we had a tough choice to make, but we came up with a very deserving winner. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Now, we could have picked the female anchor at MSNBC, whose name I was too tired to look up. Uh, She referred to Artemis Langford before she interviewed him as a brave woman, even though Artemis is 6 foot 2, 220 pounds, and has a penis. Um, He claimed to be a woman and somehow got into Kappa Kappa Gamma sorority at the University of Wyoming, and some of the girls there thought that was kind of dumb and didn't like the fact that he was leering at them and then uh, most of the time and then watching them come out of the shower from time to time. So they sued, and a judge ruled in Artemis's favor. And, of course, he became a hero to people like the idiot at NBC, MSNBC who interviewed him. Here's a little of what Artemis had to say to a national TV audience. It's been a very difficult year, to say the least. Um, the sheer awe and surrealness of being in uh, a media cycle uh, again and again, even though I didn't necessarily want to be (laughs) uh, given all this uh, attention just because of my identity. And then just the sheer terror of being in a lawsuit and not knowing what happens next yeah, Artemis didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to be the center of attention. Little did uh, Artemis know that what was next was to be named the AM twelve fifty the answer jerk of the week. And when we come back, there may be some good news regarding transgender insanity. We'll have Larry Sand. He's a retired teacher and president of the California Teachers Empowerment Network here to talk about the pushback that has finally started. And also, we're going to talk about the Holocaust that never happened in Canada and the ridiculous reaction that Trudeau and his government had uh, when he thought it was real. We'll do that when we come back. I don't know any uh, transgender people personally, and I really don't know any people that I'm aware of anyway who have transgender kids or grandkids, but then I don't get out a lot. Um, But every day the chances would seem to be getting better that that's going to change. It's a fad, and it's everywhere. Larry Sand is a retired teacher and president of California Teachers Empowerment Network. He joins us now. Larry, thanks for coming on again. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, John. Pleasure to be with you. So we've all experienced fads, uh, maybe got caught up in a few. You had to have seen a lot of them as a teacher. How is this different? Well, this one's different because it can do permanent damage. I mean, if you, if you, you know, back when I was a kid, hula hoops were big and, you know, lava lamps and then mood rings. You know, there's always some kind of fad and they might cost you a few bucks. 
no big deal. But if you, if you have a gender altering surgery, yeah, it, it's life. Uh, it's a lifelong situation. And, and I mean, and, and you mentioned that you didn't know any transgender people. Well, very few of us do. In fact, uh, 99.4% of the population lacks the physical traits that can cause someone to become transgender, according to the UCLA Williams Institute, which is an LGBTQ advocacy group. So, uh, and now these days, however, there's over 5% of, of people under 30 are claiming they're trans, transgender. Yeah, so that's a, you point that out in your piece at City Journal, uh, the big difference in the number of people claiming to have what is a disease and how many could actually have it just medically just aren't capable of or shouldn't be capable of of having it. Right, and and that's why I call it a fad, and it's a fad, uh, you know, verging on being a cult. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and, and, and also what, what separates this from the other, as I mentioned, this has government backing, which mm-hmm. is really scary. I mean, you know, if you wanted to buy a hula hoop or a mood ring, you went out and bought one. You didn't have the government there facilitating it. They didn't supply you with whatever, you know, the, the fad du jour was. Yeah. But with this, the, the, the government, in, in the form of educa- especially educators, some educators, are pushing it, and it's, uh, it's terrible. Yeah, you know, um, I, I make this comparison all the time, uh, talking about fads, and I use tattoos as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, I, I came across a picture, of, uh, a page of, uh, a picture of women from the 80s, headshots, like from, from I, th- I think they're from high school yearbooks, and they all had big hair, which was very big in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And the people who have the big hair... Look, these women who are looking back at that now, they're laughing and they say, oh, my God, I can't believe I walked around looking like that. Look how ugly Mm -hmm. that is. And I make the comparison to tattoos because tattoos are kind of like big hair with some women and they're a fad. But when you're 50 and if you can't look back 25 years from now at the the tattoo you got when you were, you know, when you were 20 years old, it's still going to be there. You can't laugh. It's still there. So this is the same principle. It's you're doing something permanent to your body. You're going to be looking back at a picture of yourself if you're a woman when you had breasts and saying, yeah, yeah boy, that was, you know, too bad I got caught up in that fad. You can't change. You you can, you know, when I was a kid, it was long hair and bell bottoms, you know, and you could, you could <laughs> I, cut I, your I, hair. I'm, I'm at that age. Yeah. You, yeah you, you bring up an interesting point, you know, about tattoos, and, and tattoos are pretty much for life. I suppose you can go have laser surgery and have them removed. But, yeah, but nobody's life has changed. Now, people, you know, regret getting a tattoo, you know, 40 years ago. You yeah. know, they got, went out, got drunk, and went to a tattoo parlor. Okay, but that, that didn't really change your life. No. But this, you know, when you have surgery, that changes your life. Yeah, and, and but I guess the, the reason I make the comparison with the tattoos is uh, it's, a, it's a permanent thing. Yeah, you can go get it fixed. It's going to cost you a lot of money, and it's not like changing your pants, you know, or getting a haircut. <laughs> right. You know, uh, and so I think it's – I think that there's, some of the mentality is actually the same because it's, it's a – Especially with young people, a young person who goes out and gets a tattoo, when you're that age, you don't really grasp the concept of 25 years from now. You you don't think beyond next week. And so they're doing this with changing their bodies permanently. 
Right. Uh, how uh, you know? Just I mean, it's, it's a good point, but don't forget with tattoos, you didn't have the schools hiding no. it from your from parents. No. Imagine <laughs> if they did, though. Imagine if you if the uh, same thing if, if a teacher uh, if the kid said uh, I'm I'm skipping class today I'm going to go get a tattoo and uh, the government the teacher wasn't allowed to you know question it if it's a 12 year old kid I mean it's, no. it's 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 all it's altering your body and and then and uh, you know how 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 widespread is the promotion of this fad in schools. Very well. I mean, it's it's definitely out there. The um, Parents Defending Education released a report that said that it was 1,040 school districts across the country have adopted policies instructing or encouraging faculty and staff to keep students' gender identities a secret from parents. Now, that covers 18, over 18,000 schools and over 10 million students. Now, say that again. Say that again, those numbers. Okay. Over 1,000 school districts, which covering over 18,000 schools and a whopping 10,700 students. Uh, 10 million, 712,000. 10,700,000 students. So these are schools that have policies that they, there are, uh, uh, that affect 10 million kids who can say that they want to change their gender without having their parents being informed by their teacher. 10 million. Right. Yeah, I mean, and that's it, government the, policy. Government policy, yeah, it's mind-boggling. It really is. And uh, as I mentioned, more than half of the schools are in California. Yeah, we, I mean, we're ground zero for general wackiness here, and, uh, you know, why should this be any different? But it's still, it's all over the country. It's just more so here. Yeah, I don't think most people are, uh, that, that number is staggering, 10 million kids. That's a lot of kids. It's an awful lot of kids, and we're, yeah. We're talking about students. That that covers a, a wide range. What what age students are we talking about here? Uh, that's a good point. I don't know if, if PD broke that down, but, you know, it's, it's starting in, in elementary school, mm-hmm. and they start getting this stuff, uh, you know, in, in kindergarten now. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know. I, I once again, uh, it's a good question, but I really don't know the answer. You know, yeah. many, you know what grade levels, but I, I do know it's in L. L you know, L, L. High. Yeah. Now, what is um, what is the pushback that may be starting back out there that's starting to show? Okay. Well, the, it, all of a sudden now, the school boards are you know getting hip to what's going on. And several of them uh, are pushing back. Here in California, there's no law that says that uh, parents, that, excuse me, that teachers have to hide this information from parents, but it's, it's guidance, the guidelines. They, they suggest it. But, you know, the, um, there are a lot of school boards now that are saying, well, no, we're not going to follow those guidelines. And if a, a, a teacher finds out that a kid is using a different name at school, he, ha- he or she has to inform the parent. And, and, uh, but, and, and what happened just on Wednesday, a, a, a superior court judge in California ruled that the Chino Valley, which was really the first school district out here to, to mandate uh, parental notification, said that uh, the, the school district must hold off on enforcing this new policy uh, pending a hearing on October 13th. And, and you know, they'll, they'll sort it out then. But the, 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 that, the Chino, district's, uh, Chino School District's uh, new uh, rule is on hold. So it's a battle between local school boards and parents who are maybe trying to elect 
people to those school boards who are actually, you know, sane and people in Sacramento who are running right, the state yeah, government. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, 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 the legislature in Sacramento is, is, is far left. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way to put it. Uh, and and, and the, the obviously not every school, some school districts are far left, especially if you're in a place, you know, in, in big cities. But when you're out yeah. in the country, in the, in the rural areas, the farming areas, People there are very conservative, even in California. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, this is a battle now between local control and state control. And I'm trying to imagine um, a teacher uh, who is in favor of this policy saying, no, um, I, I, I'm not going to uh, inform parents about a 13-year-old girl who decides that she might want to look into having her breasts removed. And, and they actually exist. Oh yes, they do. Yeah, and and, and yeah, and this is once again, uh, and, and not all teachers are left wing, but a lot are, and you know, have a very radical uh, social agenda. So yeah, there are going to be teachers who who do this, and you know, there'll be conservative teachers who don't do it, and it's just it's going to be a battle. We're talking to Larry Sand, and he is a retired teacher and president of California Teachers Empowerment Network. I don't know how long ago you were teaching, Larry, um, but put yourself in this position. How would you have handled it? I, I mean, it would have been impossible for anybody to imagine this kind of insanity uh, without – just nobody could have imagined this happening you know, 20 years ago. Uh, yeah, I, well, I retired in 2009, so it's okay. been, been a while since I've been there. But if, yeah, I, 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 there's no way I could follow this policy and sleep at night. I'm sorry. I would tell a parent, maybe surreptitiously, maybe a note, a text, a phone call. I don't know. I mean, I hadn't really thought about how I would do it. But I know I would do it because it's you're changing your kid's life. And a kid is being brought, should be brought up by the parents, not co-parented with a school. <laughs> this is just so insane. I'm trying, again, I'm trying to imagine this. A teacher goes to a parent and says, listen, um, I'm just wondering if your son decides that uh, he wants to be referred to as she or her and changes his name from Steve to Sally, uh, do you, would you like me to let you know about that? And the parents said, uh, no. Uh, actually, no, please don't tell me that. Who would say that? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. You just see a parent. No, I don't, I don't need to know that. Uh, Steve, Sally, whatever. As long as he's not late for dinner, I don't care. Yeah, but that's what's <laughs> happening. I know. It's pretty, I know. It's, pretty it's, scary. So what kinds scary. of problems does this present to teachers, though? Are they put in the middle of this battle between the school, school board uh, and the state and also wanting, worrying about losing their job and maybe their conscience? As you said, you couldn't sleep at night. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a great question, John. And, and in, in, in places that do say that teachers can't tell, Parents, if their child is using a different, you know, pronoun in yeah. school or whatever, I don't. You know, teachers are going to be up against it because they they can get in trouble. You know, they get in trouble with the state or the school district if they tell a parent, and they can be in trouble with conscious and, and God if they don't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I, 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 it's just it's stunning to me. I, I'm trying to uh, picture a situation where. Uh, Parents come to a parents uh, teachers meeting, and uh, the teacher in the front of the class, uh, front of the room, says, uh, "Listen, by a show of hands, 
How many of you don't want me to tell you if your son or daughter comes in and says that they are no longer your son or daughter, they've switched? Would, mm-hmm. would there be like a – just I mean, you live out there. Would, would, there, would half the people in the room say, yeah, we're good with that? Don't, yeah, don't tell us? No, I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, and, and, and this is where parents really have to step up here. And, and you know, left-wing, liberal, Democrat, whatever, left of center, you, you, however you consider yourself – you must come forth on this because I, I refuse to believe that most of those pa- most parents, even on the wacky left, are okay with schools hiding this sort of information from them. I just don't believe it. But isn't that the way it's kind of supposed to work? That the school board is supposed to do what the parents would like them to do, rather than what they would like well, or what Sacramento right. wants them to do? Uh, just yeah, well, that's the way it should work. Yep. So <laughs> if a if a teacher comes to school, uh, I'm sorry, if a parent comes to school for a teacher's meeting you know, a parent-teacher's meeting, and has mm-hmm. a little five-minute conference, um, is, can the, uh, could there possibly be a discussion where the teacher, without getting in trouble, could say to the parent, listen, uh, we have this, you know, discussion going on here. I just, since as long as you're here talking about your child, if he decides one day that he's a she, do you want me to let you know? Would that be breaking the law? Uh, that's a that's a great question. I, I, I if uh, there are probably you know it's a good question for a lawyer, frankly. Yeah, yeah. I mean there are probably workarounds. Uh, you know, if I say, uh, what if I'm a teacher and I say your son, and then I wink, wink to the parent, <laughs> and yeah. you know, and um, you know, then you, you know the same thing comes up again, and you wink, wink again. You know, I. It, it, it's it's just so ridiculous that, that it, it's come to this. It's well, really come to this. What are the? Are you familiar or aware of any cases where a parent has stormed uh, into the school building and demanded to know why he wasn't told a, par- a father wasn't told that his son was now being referred to as she or her or Sally? Well, this has happened. I don't know about schools, but it certainly happened at school boards. School board meetings now are not, uh, the, you know, this nice, quiet uh, PTA kind of, uh, you know, going to make cookies uh, yeah, yeah. for the teachers kind of thing anymore. No, I mean this is, uh, you know, this is sort of blood and guts now, and obviously, uh, some parents have, hopefully, many parents have great issue with what the schools are doing. So, yeah, the, the school board meetings are not going to be tame affairs, and especially as word gets out, and you can have more kids becoming trans and some, you know, kids killing themselves over it mm-hmm. and resenting it and, and trying to change back. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, weird time. I mean, in, with everything else that's going on politically, we really don't need this to. Well, that's my last question. I have a little bit less than a minute left here. Um, politically, what happens the next time there's an election, uh, whether it's 2024 or whatever's coming up here in November, which you have going out there with the off-year elections, is it a major dis- point of discussion out there? Is it is it a is it a political issue that uh, can drive who wins and who loses an election out there? Well, it's a little too soon to tell that because we have a you know the legislature turns over in 2024, so there's nothing really on the table now. School boards, it, it depends on the school district as to when they get to vote. But yeah, you're going to hear rumblings from school districts from now and well until this thing is resolved. And it, it probably will be, a, I mean, I can't imagine it won't be a subject next year when people are running for office, you know, well, starting an election season like a year from now, but uh, nothing now because it's too far off. 
Well, um, Larry, I'm sure we're going to have you on again because the stupidity is not going to stop anytime soon. <laughs> so uh, and I'm sure you'll be following this. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about it. Thank you, John. Appreciate okay. it. Take care. All right. Okay. That's Larry Sand, retired teacher, president of California Teachers Empowerment Network. I'll be right back. Well, here's the headline at townhall.com. I think it's either today or yesterday. What is the day today? Yeah, it was today. Uh, A story by Tim Graham, and the headline is, The Canadian Holocaust That Never Happened. Now, if you haven't been following that, uh, you might wonder, what could that possibly be? It's a really amazing story, and uh, um, just uh, um, the stupidity involved is beyond belief, and the ramifications of it, uh, of the fact that it was something that was said to have happened but never happened is amazing. And so I wanted to get uh, some, a Canadian on here to talk about it. And who else but Joe Warmington, columnist, reporter for the Toronto Sun. Uh, you were just on not too long ago. I hate to keep bothering you, but this is a pretty big deal, Joe. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it, it is a big deal. It's good to be with you. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm not surprised that this thing has fallen apart because there's not one thing that has come out of the prime minister's office or out of his mouth in the whole eight years he's been in office that's ever been true. So, you know, what a shocker. But um, nonetheless, uh, they're still pushing forward with this like they are that vaccines are safe and there's climate change on the two taxes, as we talked about last time, will will help uh, get the climate, uh, you know, doing better. And now, um, you know, we've got this... Uh, basically embarrassment of the country basically turning Canadians into, you know, genocidal killers uh, in their history. And, you know, to a point where we have to take the uh, original prime minister of Canada off their, our currency and have all the statues and, and, you know, removed and, and ripped down in some cases uh, beheaded and, and also, uh, you know, or, or, you know, encased in wood all around them or have the schools uh, with his name, Sir John Lee MacDonald, taken off all because of this so-called genocide that had happened at the residential schools you know and of course there was many prime ministers in the hundred years they had residential schools not just that one but anyway that, that's the way it works here in canada and uh, you know it's it's a liberal party initiative to make you know divide and conquer and 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 you know i guess they won't say they're sorry but but they should so let's just so people uh, understand exactly what it is but maybe haven't seen anything about this First of all, what is a residential school? We don't. I don't know that we have anything here in the states that. that what is, we yeah, call let that. me explain it quickly. It's you know, back in that time, it was the Indian Act, and now it's of course that's uh, politically incorrect to say right, right. North American Indian, Canadian Indian. It's more indigenous. Yeah, but, yeah. But basically, yeah, basically, what happened was when you know the the in, in 1867. Of course, Canadians were here you know a hundred years before that. And of course, there's a whole United Arab. Uh, loyalists and all that stuff that came back here from the U.S. and they had that, you know, all that stuff, all that history yeah. that happened. Uh, you know, and so in that was the indigenous First Nations people, Indians at that time, and it was an issue in the U.S., it's an issue in Canada, and basically what they tried to do, and, and I think it was a mistake, and there's no question about it, and they've apologized for it, they tried to take the Indian people and sort of give them uh, a chance to go to school and to learn the English ways of doing things, you know, English language, English history. And basically, uh, along the way, uh, you know, they kind of lost their identity. And that, you know, I think that there's a lot wrong with that. I think it was well-intentioned. 
But we were always a little bit squeamish about that history. But then they upped the ante by saying there was many children buried under these schools or in cemeteries next to the schools. They had this sort of laser imagery that showed, you know, in some cases, 60, 70 kids under there that weren't accounted for. And everybody was mortified. And it didn't matter, you know, what your stripe was politically. uh, Nobody liked to hear that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was suspicious, though, I'll tell you, John, from the beginning, because... You know, I covered a lot of a lot of First Nations issues, and I talked to a lot of First Nations people, and they were skeptical. Most of them were saying, "You know what? These are regular cemeteries. So these are this is I don't we're not they weren't really 100 percent on board with this. The politicians were going full bore with it, and you know they started digging into these things. And of course, there's still more to do, but they haven't come up with a body yet, and and it's not a surprise because there's no way that in any era that this country of Canada, one of the greatest countries in the world, would ever have people who tolerate a genocide of children, you know, whether they were Catholic schools or what have you. But aren't they... It's a bit of a, you know... Yeah, excuse you know, me, Joe, but aren't they... They're now digging up these places where, that were said to have had... these. We know that there's these bodies are buried there based on these... La- however they did it with lasers... And they found nothing. So that's not. And this is they, a, found, they, they haven't found, found one found, yet that was correct, right? No, they haven't. And they found rocks in some cases, and and that's what I think a lot of people that were suspicious about this. You know, don't forget Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. He went to some of these sites and he kneeled down with a teddy bear. I was just going to say, I right saw that picture. It made yeah. me want to puke. You know, but but you know, again, he's over in in Singapore and he's been in Indonesia. He has his son with them. They're living high off the hog. We've got people in line for food here. I wrote about that in the Toronto Sun today. We have bread lines in Toronto, and we have people sleeping in the streets and all that stuff, uh, shanty towns again, mm-hmm. like we had in the 1930s. And and these guys are partying. But, you know, again, um, you know, I, I think it's enough to take the government down. I think when you lie about your country's history, you know, I, I feel that the Sir John A. McDonald statue should be put back up. He's been vindicated here. Uh, you know, they took a couple of things that he apparently said in history back in that. There wasn't any Twitter or tape recorders in 1867. Right. So, you know, there's there's hearsay about what he may have said. But I'll tell you, I read all the history of Sir Johnny McDonald. You know, I'm kind of from Kingston area, so I'm very proud of that. And they took down the statue and I covered it. Right. Yeah, in, the headline that, is, and right? I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, we're talking to Joe Warmington, but the the, um, the headline of your piece that you wrote way back uh, I think it was June eighteenth of twenty twenty one. That's uh, two years ago. Uh, the legacy of Canada's first PM canceled by a crane. There's a picture here of the crane removing this gigantic statue from the park. Uh, who would the who would John A. Macdonald be compared to in our history, Joe? Well, George Washington. Yeah, I that's mean, what I thought. So he's, that's he's, so, he's, and, yeah, and he's he's, he's yeah. now because of this story, he's uh, he's canceled. You have the same issues in the States where you've got people that want to cancel George Washington's legacy because of the slavery issue. Yeah, but he owns slaves. You know, the argument there is about whether he should be canceled for owning slaves. This guy's accused of something that never happened. Well, this is the thing, and and it's uh, it's really something, because that statue in Kingston, when that came down, that was there, that was erected in 1896. It was, you know, you talk about integrity. It was like bronze. It was, it was really hard to come down. They couldn't get it into the storage shed. It was so heavy and so big. But it was almost like he was fighting back. It was really something. But 
it broke my heart to see it because I knew I know when you start taking down your original president, your original prime minister, no matter their flaws, you're you're basically breaking the foundation of the country, which is what some of these people want to do. Mm-hmm. They want to say Canada's evil. It's not a good people. The, you know they weren't good people. They were uh, murderers, uh, genocide, all that stuff. And of course, none of it's true, as you say, John. It's like it's one thing if it was true, because then you can say, well, you know, there's some truth to it. But it's all been made up. And as I said off the top, most of what they say is is made up because it's all about dividing people and using it to, uh, you know, cling to power and and get power at all costs and keep it at all costs. And so, you know, well, what a surprise. But I I, I got to tell you. Um, it's embarrassing to me that, you know, right in Ontario, I live in, in the Toronto area, and I was just down at Queen's Park, and the statue there of Sir Johnny MacDonald, you know, is, is a, it's got a big sort of uh, encasing around it, all of this wood and locks on it. But outside of it, there's like maybe a hundred pair of children's shoes. They're all out front, and it's sort of symbolic to say, this guy killed these children. Amazing. But of course, it's not true. Somebody should go get those shoes and get them the heck out of there and take those, uh, you know, all that wood down and, and put Sir Johnny McDonald right back to where he was. He was our first prime minister. And, you know, one last thing about that. I've read the history of him, and he actually cared greatly about Canada's First Nations. And uh, all the chiefs at the time, even though the deals weren't as good as they should have been for the First Nations, there's no question about that. And we've gone, you know, we, we spent $20 billion a year on you know what they called uh, used to call Indian affairs, mm-hmm. a lot of money is invested into it. But I'll tell you, Sir Johnny Macdonald, according to the chiefs at that time that are quoted through history, said that he gave our people food, he gave them literacy, he gave them opportunity, and they appreciated Sir Johnny Macdonald. But that's always left out of every argument, and it'll be left out of this one here too. No one will apologize for basically the lie that Canada was a genocidal country. Yeah, and what's happening, and, and just so people understand, this this goes back to a, a, a native group up in Canada claiming that this happened, that these kids were uh, killed and buried underneath these in, in grounds near these schools. Um, so it's it's something that uh, they're not going to let go of it, um, Joe. It's one of those things no, that the liberals they, do no, this. They, like, we, we know it didn't yeah. happen, but we kind of like thinking that it did, so we're not letting it go. You remember, uh, it's so true. Do you remember when I was on earlier in the summer when the, you know, all the area, all the sky, I don't know if it was in like oh, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, was in the yeah. York Orange the, the and all fires, that we talked yeah. about. I, and I, mm-hmm. I floated the idea that, that there was arson investigations and no one was covering that here. Well, I'll tell you something, just a little update for you. Today, they charged a person in Quebec with arson, with setting at least two of those fires, uh-huh. like charged before the courts, criminality. And, and, and again, you know, you won't hear that anywhere. Is and, his and name Global Warming after, by any chance? Yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> been my nickname through the years, Global Warmington, but it wasn't <laughs> me, I promise. I'm the guy that exposed them doing that. But, you know, it's it's really, uh, really something to see, uh, you know, this kind of stuff taking down a great country with great people. And Americans, I know your audience knows Canada, uh, Canadians are very good people, and they would never do any of these things that, you know, that have been floated here. Well, how much did the media play a role in in pushing this and making sure that everybody believed it and um, and not, I don't think, celebrating it is, is the right word, but making sure that they used it for every possible virtue signaling moment they could get out of it. 
Well, they, it's, it is a media story, and the media in Canada is basically, because it's so subsidized now, all these trouble with Facebook and all the other things, you know, the from A to Z, from the ads that they can't sell anymore. The government now, through the taxpayers, through this liberal government, they subsidize the Canadian media. My company subsidized. So they just basically do what they're told. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't covered much of this story. In fact, you're the first call I, I've had on it. I've heard about it. I haven't covered it myself yet, the fact that it was all a ruse. But, no, they're not going to cover it. They they basically create the whole thing. And it's weird because I worked for a great editor one time, and he's still around. He's in his 90s. And he wrote an amazing column about apologizing because he missed it in his whole journalism career. He'd been an editor, like top editor and stuff. And he apologized to First Nations people for, for getting this wrong and not really understanding it. And, you know, again, somebody does something like that. He actually bought into it. He actually believed it. He thought he missed this thing. He didn't miss it. He was duped now. Duped now by the political forces that basically want to get power and keep it. Yeah, and so what do you think is going to be the reaction from people? Uh, you mentioned Trudeau was... He milked this thing for everything he could. I saw the picture, as I said, of him with the teddy bear looking like he was weeping as he knelt down on the grounds above what were supposed to be the bodies of children and turned out to be nothing. Um, what, what's, what? what do I think is going to happen? Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing will happen because he, he lies all the time. This is a guy that's wore blackface so many times he, doesn't, he can't tell you how many times. <laughs> you know anybody that's wore blackface in your life? You ever no. met anybody? No. I mean, I don't know anybody. This is the guy that, 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 you know, he gets to call everybody else racist. You know, it's funny because for a whole year, at least a year, on Parliament Hill, you know, the grave, you can picture the Parliament Hill. It's an amazing building with the flag yeah. on the top oh, yeah. and all that. Yeah. That was at half half mass for a whole year because of this. They, 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 you know, basically half mass, half staff, however you want to say it, because we were mourning this and we were embarrassed about this. And, and, and eventually they got them to put it back up the, the proper, you know, what it should be. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically, they you're right. They milked and sold this thing as if it was real. And it was never real. And now Canada, you know, we, we take in every year, this year, and I've written about this in today's column. Uh, anybody wants to read it, torontosun.com. 500,000 uh, new, uh, you know, people coming into Canada every year now. Mm-hmm. 500,000. This is a country, when I was a kid, was, you know, 18, 20 million. It's now around 40 million. It's growing fast. And, you know, they learn the history about how horrible Canada is, that they killed the kids, and that, you know, you come here and, you know, I mean, these are racist people and all this stuff is all, all untrue. I think I told you before, that I, this summer in Kingston, there's a thing in Kingston called Bellevue House, and that was the house that, where Sir Johnny McDonald lived with his wife, and they had a baby there. And, he, of course, he's buried in the cemetery, Cataraqui Cemetery in Kingston. And, of course, it gets vandalized all the time. And, again, he's your anyway, George Washington. Bill, he is our George Washington, and he's the guy. I mean, he is the founding father. He, and if you mm-hmm. read the history, he's incredible. He was born in Scotland, and he came over here as a kid. He was a lawyer. He was just he was something else. Yeah, he was a character, and he had some scotch here and there. And the liberals talk about that a lot, like he was the only one that did that. And, of course, we're not even there. But anyway, in this house, I swear to God, my 11-year-old son Joshua and I went in there. We got the tour. And the woman from Parks, Canada, the first thing she said is, well, you know, he married his first cousin. <laughs> and my son looks at me. And then she goes, 
Yeah, and you know he killed uh, Louis Riel, who was the leader of the Métis, which is the mixture, you know, of First Nations and and at that time French blood. And, and of course, I don't think that Louis Riel was Métis, but he represented them. And then it talked about how he bribed his way into power, and that you know obviously the the Chinese workers that built the railway were you know just went on and, and this on is a place that's supposed to be honoring him, honoring him, and it, and it was like. And as soon as we walked out, we were walking the grounds. My son looks at me and he goes, Dad, he was horrible. That's nice. And I said, like, like, do you believe a word of anything that that she said there? I mean, like, my God. I mean, I I looked it all up and everything's been spun. And she talked about how ambitious he was. Well, I guess guess he was pretty ambitious enough to build a country into one of the greatest countries in the world. Let's, Let's give him a little credit. Hey, Joe, I'm out of time. I, I know I got you on short notice because I, I wanted to make sure I got somebody who knew what this was all about because I think it's a big deal. And uh, it's a good example of what the way liberals think, whether they're north of here or here in the United States. And I will be up there in two weeks, so maybe I'll look you up and see if you can get rid of Trudeau Wait. between now and when I get up there. Well, I don't, I don't think we're gonna be, it's going to be that easy, but I, I definitely want to, to hook up with you there. And I just want to plug my column. I'm writing it right now. Go ahead. It's about Trudeau and other politicians. Trudeau has been over in Asia. And while he's in Asia partying, and I mean, I'm talking partying hard. Yeah. We actually have people in the lineups for food here. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's my column for tomorrow. And I think people enjoy it, you know, liberal or conservative. you got to remember about the people, no matter which uh, ideology you have. Yep. When you forget that, you forget everything. TorontoSun.com, right? TorontoSun.com. Thanks, Joe. We'll do it again. All the best. All right, Joe Warmington. We'll be right back. Boy, we got some good news today. Nancy, with the laughing face, is going to be around for, well, actually three more years because she's got a year left, and she's running again in 2024, so she'll get two more. She's 83 years old. That means that she will be... Her teeth will be flapping in front of the podium two year, three years from now, basically. She'll still be in office. She'll be 86 years old. And just the idea that she, these people don't, they can't do it. They can't walk away. She believes that she's indispensable. Either that or she's got absolutely no life. But It's probably a little bit of both. You think maybe she'd like to have a couple of years left in her life where she didn't have to worry about showing up looking nice and pretty at at the House of Representatives? How long do you think it takes her to get her makeup done every day to show up at work? Take a look at her face. Seriously. I mean, I'm not a woman, so I I don't know what that's like. But uh, you know, I just I even if I'm 85, I I'll be able to get up and wash my face, brush my hair, and go into work. A woman like that who who tries to make herself look fifty years younger than she is—that's a lot of work. Just take a couple of years off, Nancy. Give us a break. We're begging you. I'll talk to you on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.